everybody. Welcome to this episode of Eternal Life Cafe. My name is Siobhan and I am hosting this week to give our beautiful, wonderful Echelle a chance to participate and to be here and yeah, answer some questions. So we thought that we would mix it up a little bit. really interested to hold this space because it was actually something that I used to do in a previous job of mine podcasting hosting and it's been a while and I wanted to do something quite intentionally this week and I was meditating and asking for the feeling of what subject wanted to be expressed and what we could focus on this week and the main thing that kept coming to me was the power of sound and what that means, what uh, each of us has to offer here, that we have an amazing group of beings that all work in, in the sound fields and have different experience, different knowledge. Um, and I invite them to share that today. And we just see in a very fluid, rhythmic way what, com- what wants to be shared and comes through. And I thought I would just open this up by just sharing briefly my experience. Music and sound has been something to me that has been such a key component in my expression and my journey. And it was something that through being in the womb, I can remember my mum listening to music and just feeling the joy that was coming through her. And even now I can listen to some of those songs and I just get into such a space of expansion. And then throughout my life, through, throughout challenges, throughout for me, a lot of challenges, music was the thing that anchored me here and that kept me going through a lot of times of struggle and, and depression. But it was also... It has also brought the most profound shifts in happiness and joy when I actually get into that, um, that, that voice within me that wants to be shared. And so, yeah, it's a very, um, just the most radiant feeling to me to be able to share what I create and what others create and how we can co-create together and collaborate in this space. And that's why I'm super excited to have everybody here today because I already know that there's just gonna be so much magic that's gonna come through. So yeah, I would like to open the floor and just share our personal experiences of how maybe are we working in the sound as a profession? Do we just do it through, um, through activation, through healing, integration? How does sound feel to you and what does the power of sound mean in this present moment. So if anyone would like to uh, expand on that. When you were mentioning about about the power of the sound and where does the word resides in our body, it started um, raining outside and it was thunders and then like the rain started coming. Um, And I was like, oh, I would like to speak, but (laughs) it's so loud. So I had to close my window. And while you're talking about your experience, especially you remembering the music when you're in your mama's womb, 
I remembered where and when I first um, got in touch with sound and music. And I remember I was maybe about three or four years old. And I was wearing like two pompons here on my head. I was having the hair braided like this. And I had like a, a tool tool or fufu. I don't know how this, how it's called. Probably that, that material that's kind of like, I don't know exactly the English name. Um, and I was constantly dancing. And I remember that at that age, what I loved the most was listening to Lampada. And it was this band called Kaoma. And I was like, oh, the time dancing and singing. And I had also a um, like a cassette player and it had all sorts of lights, almost like the, the entire spectrum of colors. And every single time I was playing a song, like these lights were just like uh, little stars are just like popping out like that. And I was just like singing and I'm imagining myself like being an artist and singing. And I got a keyboard maybe when I was seven and I started playing on this electric keyboard, but I really wanted to learn guitar. And being in the countryside at that time, it was a little bit like, complicated for my parents to drive me to get classes every, um, I don't know, once a week or twice a week. So they kind of told me like, ah, oh, well, what are you going to do with music? Um, maybe you're not going to um, have like make a living out of it and, and does not, it's not going to put you bread on a table. And even if yes, it, that could have been the case at the same time, it kind of like almost like crashed my desire or like my mm, this like burning fire inside of me to create music and to sing and to dance because it's very much interconnected for me like there's no music without the movement and almost like the movement is even if I move without music it's almost like I'm creating the, the, the sound or the music through my movement and um yeah life passed but not long ago a few years ago um i was in an environment where music it was um our main communication medium and we used to do weekly singing circles drumming um we have ecstatic dance i started going to ecstatic dance and and the music was such a medium for expression and even if my, my whole life i processed emotions and events through music and it's almost like i was able to keep myself um going and help myself through life with with the help of music but when i started to um not have this um attitude of like musing being something I'm addicted to because there was that flavor of addiction and just like the desire or the need to play on repeat certain songs or certain messages like it was a way of in which my mind was looping and then when I evolved and I became more mature then I discovered the fluidity and like this co-creation happens in this space when I'm really feeling the music and I'm letting 
the music move me, but also like go to the next stage and 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 taste another flavor and like smell a different scent and and kind of like journey with it. So it is still probably my favorite um, way to get high, like using the sound, using the music. And um, yeah, when I started being part of these circles, then as a result, this desire to open my voice um, started to really push something inside of me, this force like, come on, get me out, get me out. And it was a very painful journey because in a way I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can sing. Like my voice is not good enough. I'm not a singer. Um, but eventually I was having support. Um, I was having friends. I was in a women's circle at that point and they were really supporting me and, and each other is not just about me. And through that expression, I managed to kind of like pierce this wall of like, oh, I cannot do it. I'm not good enough. And um, yeah, since then, I started using my voice. I started um, doing uh, sound baths. And for me, it's about like the frequency. It's really important. And I feel that few key aspects I still have to develop, which is like music theory and learn more about the technical stuff. Um, but at the same time, from a felt sense um, point of view, I know how important it is for me to be in a state of peace and calmness and like to be like grounded in myself and be regulated in my nervous system, because that is actually infused in, in the space. And the way I carry the sound or the way I facilitate the sound to, to be carried in the space is actually what makes the session um, successful in the way that it makes it healing for, for other people. So yeah, there is still a lot for me to learn, but I feel like um, at least from, from the felt sense perspective, I'm very much attuned to sound and to music. And I overcame this block that was my voice, understanding that, yeah, it doesn't have to be the best. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to, I don't have to compare with other people. It's important like what I transmit through it. So yeah, in a nutshell, <laughs> that is my experience. So Georgie, what would you say because I think the theme of using your voice, especially for women, has been such a key thing in this lifetime, and myself included in that. Uh, it's been many years where I wanted to sing and I felt blocked for doing that and I didn't like maybe the attention or something, you know, and I'm still working through that to a certain degree. But what, what really helped you to be able to, to move through that? One thing that really helped me is the 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 energy I was feeling in myself that I wanted to be expressed and that was almost like pushing me from behind. It was one thing that I could not keep it stuck or, or locked or um, unshared because this energy was like, coming through me with such such a force that 
I almost could not function normally if I would not just like allow this expression to come through. And another thing that helped me a lot was the support that I had in this women's circle I was in at that time, um, because that was it, the idea, the ethos of the circle was women supporting each other. And there were like all sorts of creative women in there doing all sorts of things, but music, it was almost like a total common thread. And each one of us had some desire or they were already creating music or they were like doing some sort of like cacao ceremonies or maybe they wanted to uh, write songs. So we were in this space in which there was that fear of like being seen. There was that fear of I'm not good enough. Maybe the other person is better than me or maybe it was the other shadow. I don't really like this voice. This voice is not good. whatever it could have been. So we really had so much of a opportunity to do a lot of shadow work. And one of key components was that no matter what we're navigating, we're always supporting each other to express ourselves, to just take another step and take another step and take another step. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally resonate with that. It's like this, uh, like you say, this pushing force that's always like, come on, no, get out of your comfort zone, go and do this thing. Like for me recently, uh, I did some public speaking and that was like one of the most nerve wracking things I've done because it was a big fear of mine. And I even had like a few cracks when I was speaking to people and then they were asking me lots of questions that I hadn't prepared for because I actually invited, it was like higher guidance, invite a Q&A, don't prepare for it just go in and be in the present moment and yeah I was receiving all these questions and I had to really think on my feet and allow like the voice to be expressed but again it was only through that sort of pushing of that feeling like no I need to do this to expand and so yeah no I, I totally totally feel you on that but I was gonna ask Dirk and Helena Hey. I know Dirk we've spoken before about the voice I remember you gave me some very good tips and I wondered if there's anything that you would share in this moment for people that are trying to activate their voice and how they can maybe uh, move through those blockages in the in the energy body it's it's not really an easy task because there's so many components um, that are just like gripping into each other and are related to each other. And in one way, you can use your voice to release something or to release um, and free yourself from blockages. On the other hand, there are some blockages that are blocking your voice in your expression, right? Or for the for this expression. So where, where, where do you start? And the first thing what I do, or I've been doing myself, or for people I'm working with, or vocal coaching, is just like the same as I do with um, locating blockages or feelings of fear. Where is it located? So I, I would rather go first. Where do you feel your voice when you speak? Where is it sitting? Because everyone has a different register in the body. 
some people speak more higher, right? So it's more like here in that center kind of, like it feels like it's sitting there or more like a nosy kind of or throaty kind of thing. Or in my case, it's just like going really down into the lower stomach. So I'm just using my whole body as an instrument. So it's, it's like a cello kind of deep voice because I've just like opened it up, right? And, and there are more components to it, like body-wise, um, it's just like the whole muscle system, how relaxed it is, um, the neck bones, like, like the, the spine, upper spine, and everything is just like really contributing to the sound of your voice. And so the first thing, like if you have problems with your voice, finding your voice, I would recommend just like locate it. Where is it and how far does it goes up or down? And if you have the feeling of being stuck, then you might do a little bit of yoga, do some exercises and see where in your muscles um, is or is blocking the energy for that. And then maybe you, f you can find a relation to the to the spiritual topic that you're carrying with you or the trauma, uh, traumatic events, whatever you have, which might be related to that. So it goes all in all. So for me personally, I can only share the more I could release my fear, the, the more my voice opened up automatically, instantly. So because my muscles started to relax because I felt more comfortable in my body, right? So it's going really deep, like, and it doesn't have to be the perfect voice, but your expression is audible or your grade of fear is audible in your voice. Some people have a really stuck, a thin voice because they, they are suppressing themselves because out of fear, right? Or some voices start shivering. And this is the same with the singing. If you're nervous or you have a speech to give, right, then you just can really feel it where it just like has an impact something has an impact on your voice so it's not it's not really an independent you can make it independent whatever you state you're in but if you have a true voice one will always hear in what kind of state of mind you are and how authentic your expression is with your voice doesn't make sense so it's not an easy answer to that but i can only tell from myself is um trying to hum do mantras and work with a voice and play it like a piano if you have the vision of just like having a um, vertical piano here and then you just like lower your voice bring it up and just like try to play with it and see where 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 it feels most comfortable or where it doesn't and where it doesn't you just push it a little bit more and try to hold that note and just like and try to combine it with your breathing if you have the feeling your voice is not reaching that high note you desire to you use your breath as a kind of wave to surf on and so you can put the tone on that on that wave and use it to stabilize the tone right so the breathing uh, is for me, the most important thing to have a more steady, more solid voice, more, more colorful voice, more sounding. Some people just uh, would have it naturally because they're just like a natural for singing, right? So it's more like open. 
with most of us, it's a little bit more, more complicated. So like breathing, body work, and um, daring to step out of the comfort zone is a, re is a really good exercise, so yeah. Uh, Helena, have you had the experience, have you always been able to sing or has it been a work in progress for you as well, do you feel? Uh, definitely work in progress. I started doing music when I was 12. I had guitar lessons for a couple of years. And I remember like my guitar teacher was always singing when we were playing guitar and I was too shy to even sing in front of him. Um, and now it's, it's really interesting because we play concerts sometimes and um, yeah, I realize there's not much nervousness for me now when I play in front of a group. I mean, a little bit, um, it depends, but it's definitely changed a lot over the years. Um, yeah, so now I'm in a space where I'm actually, um, yeah, much more relaxed to sing in front of people. Yeah, I think being relaxed is like such a key part and a practice that I'm still trying to work through. And like you say, Dirk, with the breath, mm -hmm. ever since I really started focusing on breath work again, it's like the range and the, the, the level in which I can hold a note has definitely shifted. And even like bringing in body work, breath work, combining it all is is ways of not only shifting the energy but allowing that extra expansion for for you to reach those different levels what body movements do you recommend or what what works for you best what helped me was also what Dick was mentioning stepping out of the comfort zone and it really helped me when we were making music um that um yeah, Dirk always pushed me to go further with my voice. So like we were singing a song on some some range and he was like, okay, let's try it um, one note higher. And I was like, okay, I don't know, but we tried it a note higher. Um, and then he said, okay, let's try it another note higher. I was like, okay, I don't think it's gonna sound good, but we tried it. And then we kept on going higher and higher until it actually didn't sound good anymore, but in that way, I found um, what actually works best or that I'm, yeah, that it's also possible for me to go outside of that range where I feel comfortable with my voice. So, yeah, definitely stepping out of the comfort zone. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> Not easy. Uh, I was using my shooty box yesterday because it's been a while. Uh, a shell has been with me for the last what uh, eight or nine days. So uh, I we were so focused on other things that I actually hadn't sung for a while. So I was like, no, come on, let's get the shooty out. My dad had gone out food shopping. I had the space to myself. And like you say, I was like going through the notes and pushing through them because some of them it was like a grizzly bear like trying to escape from my throat area it was it was not the most attractive I was like no come on just just keep going through it because it's like these nodules um just areas of tension or something and the more I just allowed that sound to come out because I hear all the time oh I'm not a singer 
you know, I don't, I can't sing. And I'm like, everyone can. It's just yeah. you know, where you're at and you should express your voice in whatever way comes to you, even making sounds or even just talking. But I just know in myself that, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm really focusing on, on, the, on the humming and the singing, like I feel it all throughout my body, like rising up from the abdomen all the way up to the top. And for me, it's like a daily practice really of, of energy movement, of shifting. And it's something that I implement and I speak to others about when I do sound ceremonies of using the voice, even if it's just humming, because that is a, such a powerful tool in itself. You can feel the vibrations throughout the body. And if you just do that for 10 to 15 minutes every day, it, like, it really does move things around. So does anyone have um, any practices that people can apply daily as well that would assist them with sound and how that can help their bodies, help their energy bodies? Does anyone have anything they want to um, give any tips for? I can just give a little hint, um, just like connecting to what I said before. It's just like the awareness that your body is an instrument. It simply is an instrument. And if you have that anchored in yourself, you start to, to recognize those vibrations even more. Because if we would have been solid from the inside, there would no sound being stored or just like evolving out of your body. So, and you can even use your bones and whatever. So sound is like traveling through. And to feel sound, what sounds really means for you is just like to experience vibration. So you can use that little tuning fork and just like put it, place it on, on your center bones somewhere or here and see what it's doing. Or sometimes you, you can do it on your throat, like before singing, I have a little electronic device. It's like an, a therapeutic uh, vibrational device for just like loosening your throat muscles. And this you can like apply everywhere and then you you see how far it goes and then you just like feel into it and then you can hum to that tone and step into that tone. So a good exercise would be get yourself a tuning fork, place it on your chest and start to align with your voice to that sound of the tuning fork. So you have a vibrational match in frequency and that opens up the field. So your body um, you program your body into that memory, right, of just like opening up through frequency. And so having a frequency coming from the outside, from the external to your body, aligning with your voice from the inside and programming your cells and your muscle memory kind of um, that any kind of vibration is musical in a way. You know what I mean? not every but most of it or or if you use an instrument and so attuning or tuning in into that and aligning with that is a really good exercise to step out of the head and just go go with the sound itself yeah and um what there's many different frequencies and things that people can get what would you recommend people start with dirk um it's the same with choosing an instrument. It's just like the 
the um, the gut feeling kind of like if if you want to go buy a singing bowl you just try them all and one speaks to you so i would do the same with it with the tuning forks unless you buy them online then it's just like maybe good luck <laughs> to find the right one right <laughs> destiny or whatsoever or you can you you just rather make your way to to a shop and try them out and see what just like feels good to you even though it might be a really high one then you can sing along with the lower octave that's not a it's not a problem so you can just like play around with it so whatever feels comfortable and calms you in a way and aligns with you is the right one for you so there's no real solution for it except the feeling your gut feeling for yourself and what's what sounds good to you so yeah but of course if you want to put them on the body you get one like a third therapeutic um, tuning forks that yeah. you can use on the body yeah there should be a good one a good one with not like a 10 euro tuning fork or the uh, the one they where you tune your guitar with i would rather spend like um 50 euros or whatsoever on a single tuning fork that has a certain body to it like 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 this one that has a solid kind of good material and that is just like distributing the sound on a on a broader place or even with a, a there there once with a certain um tipping point here at the front where you can really have a focus on a certain area and that has a long sustain a long sustain means like how long the the, the tone is lasting and being uh, transported uh, through the tuning fork itself because the cheaper ones stop like after 30 seconds mostly so so the sustain is not given uh, by the material so the better the aluminium is the longer the tone is, is resonating and it can go on for like three minutes sometimes and you have there so i have these weighted ones like this mm -hmm. and yes. yours are not weighted i have i have those i have many 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 different i can go up and bring some and show you some now. So would it would you recommend that people kind of have a mix of both yeah why not why not because there are there are different um the weighted ones you can tune them as well if you move the wheel open up the wheel and bring them down a little bit you can change the tone of it yeah these are amazing because like i really feel i mean you don't get any real sound you can hear the buzzing but i really do feel the vibration of that wherever i put them mm -hmm. This one is so powerful for clearing. Is that what you have, Georgie? Mine is 4096 to C. Ah. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, 4096. Yeah, that's best for cleaning. It's like a kind of smoking the house, it's like clearing, but with sound. So you can use it for your biofield, you can use it for removing uh unwanted energies and stuff and even put your intention into uh, into that and go into manifestation or whatsoever so yeah the highest ones are really good they're not so sustaining good on the body mm -hmm. so this is the lower ones are more higher okay yeah we use the small one regularly to clean the house and just go to every room and clear off energies uh, would you say that you would do that daily do you think no no no. Every every other day or so. <laughs> as soon as my system picks up, there's something weird going on. Then I then I start. 
But that could be daily, yeah. That could be daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, actually, does anyone in the group um, use sound in specific ways for like shielding and protection techniques? I do that very often because it's so easy and this is the most convenient stuff. Um, I also program my shields in a way that I can, when we were with the shell in, in the Netherlands, so we have like, like very quick shielding and it's almost like we give a command to the body to to raise the shields but if i feel um i can do that i cannot do that physically or um there's so much going on around me i start toning um and through the toning it's almost like my head is getting clear and then the the, the waves and the sound is kind of um harmonizing my own field and it's almost like things cannot get through so easily. So that's very, very convenient. It's easy, it can be done anywhere. And um, yeah, I usually do it whenever I feel like doing it. Do you have specific tones that you use? Well, because yeah, I do use the, the tones from our regular technique from the, the ones that Jay and Laura um, formulated and refined because they feel the best and also there are loads of other tones that I would like to play with more um, so because now I'm in this process of kind of like feel feeling into different tones and I'm taking my time with each one of them so now I only do these ones and then um, I, I do the the all eternal classic, the Karayasatao one. Um, but usually I do that when I'm doing um, sound baths. And for myself, the ones from from the technique. So now I'm kind of like taking my time with each tone to really feel and sense the frequency and what it's doing to my body. Because at the beginning, I kind of like jumped into all the songs and the songs and the tones and stuff like that. And it was like this, this soup. Um, and it was very hard for me to tell like which ones are aligned, which ones are not so aligned which ones are actually generating this feeling of expansion and transformation, which ones that kind of like make me uh, cringe a little bit, or um, I didn't have the, the, the chance to really sense what tones I'm really attracted to. And instead of like, I kind of like got everything happening because I was like so thirsty to play with all of them. So now I'm taking my time and I'm going through each tone for as long as I feel like doing it, so. Um, what you can do as well, this comes very close to your description, Georgie, is just like when we do this sweep, this over body sweep or whatever, like energetically, you can sweep your body through starting with the lowest note and mm -hmm. the, the lowest part of the stomach, just like bring your whole breath to the lowest point and then let the air out and start with the lowest humming you can get and then you bring up the tone very very slowly just with the air and then you sweep through and go as high mm. as possible so you can sweep your body as well and so this is helping the cell structure and the water in the body to to align again 
and this is a normal exercise for singers as well they've been doing this 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 for ages but actually it's a sweep mm -hmm. so you're sweeping through your system and sometimes you can stop here and you feel like oh this is opening up this feels really comfortable and this is how you can find your favorite tones as well mm -hmm. and the tone doesn't have to align with the keyboard or the 12th tone uh, a system so it just has, can be anywhere but as, because of your body physics it might be 20 cents higher lower whatever than a c or an a whatever on a 432 or 440 then but it's your tone so and if you feel comfortable you can stay on that tone and then you find it very easy so the, the sweep is really is really good as well just like for freeing the system and especially for a nervous system mm -hmm. so i'm not doing it so so much and i've been forgetting about it sometimes we could have used it use it more often but uh yeah no when when, when you said it it's just like it can do magic yeah yeah, yeah, I also thought about it because um, when I did my yoga teacher training, we also learned about different breathing techniques. And one of them is the humming bee, where you close your ears, so you use your whole head um, to vibrate and you start to hum whatever note does matter. And you feel it in your whole head because, of, because the ears are closed and you can also close the eyes. And it's very good for our nervous system navigation. Yeah. I like that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, that nervous system regulation has been a big topic for us <laughs> in the group. <laughs> George is like, This is what I was thinking about. Um, I, one of my deepest experiences with sound before like getting into the physics and like the, the technical part of it, was um in ceremonial space playing with music instruments and the facilitator it was very very particular so he had such a sensitivity and maybe he was a little bit like a, of a perfectionist or i i don't know maybe or maybe not but he was very particular with how we would combine the sounds how long would be the sound he was always saying that the, the silence is equally important as the sound itself and even if i haven't been doing like a special training for like uh, sound bots and stuff i've been to some of them and i participated in. and what i feel at least for me super important is how attuned is the practitioner within and then with the instruments and then how that can be transmitted into the space because it is it's almost like the practitioner sets the tone and it's like it's creating like a a group nervous system and if i as a practitioner i'm really grounded and regulated enough then i can infuse that into the space so people feel safe for them for some of them it is quite an experience to be in that space of like sound healing and they don't feel the body anymore. Or I had the last session I did, I had a girl and then she started having this twitching legs. And when she got up, she was feeling like the, the, the legs were gone. And I knew that was an activation that was not fulfilled in her nervous system. And maybe she had some flight energy and she needed to do something with it and kind of like consuming in some way 
Yeah, I believe that attunement that Dirk was talking about with the voice, also within our nervous system and also with the instruments and with the space itself, they're very, very important. And I mean, like, there's a really important thing because so many people are singing and toning under the shower, right? Because the shower itself is a chamber, is a sound chamber. And this is why so many people start singing because there is a resonance going on that has its own uh, um, amplification of certain tones and then you feel like amplified. And that's, I think that's another thing that's really important. So you can find yourself in the shower or uh, go and find a corner in your house or in your apartment where you feel some resonance from the room itself. And so there you can play with it and have an amplification of that toning. And so you create your own little sound bath because there's a re reflection going and you find yourself in a kind of like sound wave that is just like a reflection of the walls and the corner and or the shower cabin. And to add to that, when you asked earlier um, what advice or um, ideas or inspiration we can give people that want to start singing or to open their voice or to start engaging with sound more, this is what helped me a lot because I was um, having a bathroom that had very good resonance when I was in London. So I was singing every single time I, I was going, I was washing my hand, toilet, shower, it doesn't, it didn't matter. And because of the resonance, it felt that my voice is stronger or more beautiful. And it kind of like gave me a sense of confidence. It is it's really helpful. And the reason why I'm quite courageous now singing in the space I'm having when I'm doing the sound bath is because it's, there is a big resonance. It's almost like I'm having a microphone. So the voice sounds so good. I don't have to necessarily worry. And it is something that helps, could help us to get to the next stage and get very acquainted with our own sound. What I once managed to do is to um sing two tones at the same time in the bathtub so i found because the uh, amount of water in the tub is just like um defining the resonance of the tub right so in, if you find the tone the water starts vibrating so i started humming with that like for 10-15 minutes and then i found myself in a such a relaxed state that a second tone came up so it was like an, I don't know, it was a quint or whatever tone over over that. And I started like doing this kind of um, deep throat kind of singing, like body, like, like this deep tone. And there was another uh, harmony coming up by itself um, because the, the water, which is like, uh, yeah, I think kind of um, elevating that in a way. So that was a great experience. It's a couple of years ago, but it worked. So um, yeah. And so you can use really water uh, as well in your tub for, uh, and sound travels um, a couple of times faster in the water than it does in the air. So overtoning, right? That's what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then getting that real deep throat, um, like vibration and then having like a higher note. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Just came. 
yeah i i've experienced that as well and it's actually really surprised me because i'm just like singing and then this other tone comes and i'm like whoa is that me and the more i practice it the yeah the different ranges it's like it's really and at some points as well i swear i can sort of see like geometric pattern forming like if i'm really tuning into it and i'm still working with that because yeah it's really powerful we had a question about 440 hertz and 432 hertz what does everyone feel about those tones those frequencies there is a difference like when you hear but i don't i couldn't i can't share much besides like what anybody could look up on it but um you can tell a difference when you listen to music tuned to 432 but i think it's Laura's doing something recently, creating a a scale. I don't know if 432 was in it. Um, yeah, obviously they changed the scale to 440. Maybe Dirk could have more information on that. But um, I think there is definitely something to it and that wavelength and what is riding in on that with the music and programming and all that. 432 is, I think it's in the 12 multiplication, but I was uh, trying to, um, I was looking into making a, a scale that's base 12 and uh, the doubling at the same time. And it's pretty interesting. It's it's quite simple actually, and it's very very different. But it actually skips the four thirty two. It goes from four sixteen, I think, to almost five hundred. I have to look at it, but it was pretty interesting how it changes all of the normal frequencies that are used nowadays. For it was the, doubling the tuning. base twelve, but it had <laughs> it hit all of the doubling like octaves as well within it it's pretty interesting um so what i found out in my research if you guys are interested um there's always kind of narrative going on like and when there's a narrative going uh 440 432 there must be something behind it, it means like they give you some food to talk about but there actually might be something different behind it. So I believe that the 440 and the 432 is something to, to chew on, you know, just to process and to be involved in some kind of esoteric thinking. And I believe it actually doesn't matter. Like there's so many YouTube videos on 432 and stuff and, and, and most of the time it is not they just use it in the topic just like to get clicks and, and views and plays and stuff but it is is not and most of the music does not uh, provide the sound healing aspect that they're telling you so uh, but you have to have a little bit of knowledge to measure that and, and see like okay this is not uh, a 400 or 512 whatever or 600 whatever heart chakra healing it is just like basically not so and I find like the intention is the most important thing, whatever node you're on, 
you can have your guitar tuned on 440 or your piano or on 442, 448, whatever. When the intention is right and the harmonics and everything, you can reach any kind of emotion and, and state of mind, whatever you, you're just like trying to go into. It's just like, it's the player. It's the soul behind it. So I think it's a kind of distraction going on with this kind of Coca-Cola, Pepsi, you know what I mean? Just like creating two sides to keep people busy thinking about it, that they are fooled, but they're fooled anyway, because it's not the center of the whole thing. It's just like, it's all about the, all, all about all frequencies and what you do with it. And I think there's like, um, certain frequency that do certain thing things for sure absolutely but when it comes to music there are so many great tracks on the 440 tuning that's it's just like it's elevating your heart then it's the right tuning actually i agree with what you said that it's all about the intention and you can achieve a, a, amazing healing with whatever tuning you're using but there's it can also be more powerful if you if we find the correct tuning and it can be more powerful i think mm -hmm. because you're you're going to be tuning into the geometry of creation more like yes. the the scaling and and the the kathara and the scalar grid so you can use either tuning but it could be a little capped off if you see what i'm saying so you can achieve healing but you can achieve better results maybe with the other tuning so it's more specified yeah i, I totally agree i totally agree yeah that's what i was saying like there's certain frequencies that are creating this this three-dimensional kind of uh, field that opens up the space for healing yes but that's basically kept aside in modern music right it's not about that there and there's so much distortion going on in in the modern music world and if you just listen to the voices how digital they sound and how non-human and everything so we're talking really um a totally different different world right of sound so um but i've been working with some artists who have been trying or did record in 432 and it sounded more had more body in it more tone in it and i'm i'm working with different tunings on my guitars i have for example some guitars are on an open c so it's just like way way down so the tension is way less so but the wood is uh, responding differently and laura you might have experienced that on a on a piano that the piano sound like sounds totally different when it's just like not in the typical classical tuning or wherever you go you have a totally different instrument and that's really interesting so the whole physics are res responding or just like changing the whole character of it and I've, i find it like for recording especially in music production when it comes to spiritual music meditation music or, or even jazz and so on it's very um um 
convenient to try different tunings for a song to find its best resonance or with the natural instruments or wooden instrument how do they sound best for that song or, or for that that um that chord chord progression so and there's more and more musicians who are applying that technique and so you might find some artists who have a couple of songs in totally different uh, uh tunings then on a four uh 32 for 38 and whatever and just like to find them yeah and i find for example from a nylon acoustic guitar i always tune it a half step down then with a with a normal so it sounds best so i rather use a capo to just like go up but the bass tone of it is more warm more solid more more convenient and more musical for that instrument so you can play around with that yeah as well Grounded. The, the sound is more grounded. I think, Michelle, you want to say something? Yeah, I wanted to just uh, talk a little bit about what I've seen regarding the 432 and the 440, because back when I was doing my PhD, I was looking into sound quite a bit. I'm not an expert, of course, but um, but I wanted to find some background music for the sessions I was creating for people at the time. And I heard about this 432 thing, and I'm like, what is this all about? So I had looked at several studies, and and it's funny when Dirk mentioned, uh, it seems like the Coca-Cola, Pepsi thing, it, it definitely does seem like that in, in like mainstream science. It's like a lot of studies were saying, oh yeah, 432 is better for reducing stress, anxiety. There was another study that I found really interesting that said they had compared this uh, there was a band and they tuned they they tuned their instruments at 440 for one show and then for 432 at the other one and I don't know how many I forget exactly how many they did and where and, and the details but what I do remember is that people got more aggressive apparently during the show when there was a 440 and 432 people seemed to be more peaceful overall so yeah I don't know I mean there could be something but then I, I I feel like there's different layers to this right it's like it's not only the tuning it's also what kind of music and the atmosphere what 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 frequency do we have going on there with the people that are present so yeah there's a lot right it's it's like we I don't think we can reduce it to is it this one or this one right it's like you guys were saying you kind of alluded to that as well it's like well what can we like Put together maybe yeah using 432 but also all the other stuff needs to be present in order for healing or for whatever needs whatever we want to happen to actually happen we can't be just relying on one little thing right it's like we have all these elements that we need to combine but but yeah i do think it's really interesting that in, in mainstream spirituality at least it seems like there's always this oh yeah tune it everything has to be at 432 and such but you could very well be programmed by you know some spiritual leader that's using 432 in their background music so yeah that's what i wanted to share <laughs> i have a question around this topic because this is really um interesting and important at the same time how can we actually use sound um how can we use frequency regardless of um frequency and maybe um, intention and toning. So how can we combine these things and how we can uh, direct them in a way that is enhancing, I guess, um, the healing process? Like, 
um, of course, there's there's a lot, and when it when it comes to technicalities and spirituality, probably I'm I'm not like I'm far from being an expert, but I um, I can sense that we can go on for like hours and hours and hours and like discussing all of these things. But from a practical point of view, how can we use sound, toning, frequency, um, uh, intention, and direct those things to heal or to manifest or um, how we choose, how, like, what is the, the ideal way to choose a sound or choose the intention or in which way we can direct this intention to be um, aligned with organic creation at the same time. Well, now that nobody's saying anything, I guess I can say something I was thinking about before. Um, because, and it, it ties in with what you're saying, Georgie, like how, how can we do this, right? And stuff. And, and uh, I was just remembering of how um, I was definitely like feeling that I needed to do certain things or like, um, or like another B thing. I think I was doing that at some point as well. I just kind of intuitively activating certain areas in my body um and yeah I had a moment where I was just really tuning into the sound but I, I feel like at least for me there's a lot to uncover still and even with the voice thing same thing blockages like not liking my voice um and to this day I don't really sing a lot like sometimes I will but and I will spend time just like you said Shovan, like kind of like seeing what notes and like oh that sounds horrible oh this or that <laughs> Um, but I do feel at least personally, like, I'm so glad to have you guys in the, in, in this group because it, it's like bringing that back, like, okay, um, yeah, the sound is, is important and how can I connect more with that and, and my voice and, um, and for a little while I, I was also even, I think there was a part of me that was kind of scared of the power of sound because I think I told a few of you, but when I was little, especially, I would tell my mom not to sing. I didn't like for her to sing, you know, I was like, and also that, that has to do with the relationship with my mom, of course, but um, in general, it bothered me a lot when someone took a lot of space with their voice in general. And especially with my mom, like, no mom, stop singing. And then even when I started like activating more and waking up or whatever, um, I would sometimes hear people and I'm like, oh, I don't know why I just, I just can't like, but it's because there's something in you that's still like, you know, blocked or whatever. And I moved through that. And now it's like, okay, I don't that that's, that's gone. But like, yeah, I mean, I, but I feel like there's, a, there's other layers still, at least for me, this one, I'm just speaking about myself, maybe people listening will resonate with, with what I'm saying. See, and I just got like a thing in my throat when I was talking. See, that's so funny. It was like a frog. <laughs> <laughs> like a frog coming. Too oh. bad we don't have the sound. So oh yeah. We don't, have, <laughs> we don't have the sounds like oh you guys Elena and Dirk haven't been on, on Discord with us, but we have this like really cool um uh what's it called dashboard with like sounds that we play. <laughs> yeah, you should join one of our meetings sometime. But yeah. Uh, I saw it in the in the woman's circle. Oh yeah, you were there, Lena. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so much fun. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting though that um, uh, I'm so glad that you picked this topic. So it, it's really cool, and people listening, I'm sure, will be inspired by it, and they'll want to, uh, yeah, get more in tune with uh, themselves in terms of their voice, especially, or you know, whatever it is, maybe instruments or whatnot. 
Uh, I still want to get those tuning forks. I haven't found, like, I think I need to go somewhere where I can actually see them. Because every time I go online, I see that I'm like, there's something that tells me, nah, nah. So I'm going to bring in, like, manifest, I guess, or whatever, <laughs> a place that I can go and, and see them um, and, and get one of those. And especially the 4096 one is, to me, is the one that I feel it keeps coming to mind. 4096, 4096. So that's the one I'm going to start with. <laughs> I'm okay. get that one from Amazon and you should not be like too worried about that one. You got no. that one, but okay. So what's the right price for one like that? Because you said 50 and the ones I see are like, this one is like 10, 12 euros. Really? Yeah. Is that, is that good? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah your Turk is like, nah. well, yeah, I mean, I, I've compared, I mean, like maybe I was lucky with it, but I think it's a very, very good one. Okay. Well, maybe, yeah. But, so, so you yeah, guys need to, to need to come over here. You can try all my tuning forks. And then... Oh, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Georgie, maybe um, I would like to add something to your question, or maybe I can give an answer that might be a little bit more multidimensional because I think sound is multidimensional. Bring it on. And one aspect what really comes to mind is the heart frequency, because everything you do as soon as you put your heart frequency into that and your heart field is the strongest field that a human being or an animal, whatever can have. Right. And so I believe whatever frequency you're using, uh, as long as your heart frequency is strong enough to put that information into the sound wave. So it's just like, it's a play along. It's just like a call and response It's it's just like working, working together. You can use almost everything for that as long as there is this strong, heartful intention behind it. It's the same with a song. If, if your heart is not in it, it's not reaching the people, right? It's not piercing through. And so I think um, when I've been thinking about like building my own tuning forks, I was more coming to the, to the place of near the heart frequency, because this is the strongest. I don't know if you can measure it exactly, if it's like a, the, this 500 whatever hertz or 600 hertz, like the upper heart chakra, lower heart chakra, and so on. It's, it's between the 550 and 620 or something hertz. But um, with that tone, so we might need to define what sound really is. And sound is not always, it is frequency, and that's not always audible, but it's just like, perceivable and it's just like it's you can feel it you can feel that frequency so sound is more than just a tone you know what i mean and so maybe when we go for manifestation and for hacking the, uh, the matrix with it and just like to to bring something to 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 fruition or to manifestation we first have to to have that power from the heart at first, because this is the only way to um, to really have have the right outcome with it, because otherwise you are more creating something that is not a pure thing, you know. So if you're tuning in with the purest feeling you have from your heart, then you can use a sound device, a guitar, a piano, whatever, and bring that together and then bring that intention and then you can create your own hack and your own own reality creation tool and i think it does not work without the heart frequency or the heart sound does it make sense 
Yes, it does make total sense to me. That's why I I know I can sing because I might not have the, the best voice, but I do have a lot of heart and I put my heart in it and it works just fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is why, you know, we are judged. How good is your voice? Like I had a discussion with a friend yesterday and we talked about an artist I produced and she has a great voice and she has a great heart. She's not Beyonce, you know, she's not a top 10 singer, but it doesn't matter. And he was like, yeah, she, she does not have that voice. And I said like, oh yes, she has, because I can hear her soul. And that's all that matters. Mm. And who are you to judge, you know? Because like, if that soul is coming through and it's authentic, then the job is done. And even as a, as a producer, I could go like perfect with everything, but I don't anymore because when I hear it and is a little bit off pitch, whatever, I don't care because this is the take and that stays on. And yeah, and this is this is how we should change music, right? And instead of going like in the perfect digital pitched way and this is not natural at all. So yeah. uh, the defining should be not the technique or your perfect voice. And I'm sure, Georgia, you have a perfect voice for your own, you know, just like it's your voice and that's unique because nobody has the same voice on the planet. Yeah, so, right? I love that. And this is really interesting because I started doing some uh, singing lesson last year and I was going to the singing lesson and this lady was like, okay, just play, play something from YouTube. And I was like very much aware of the the words and the, the spelling from songs and different frequencies and stuff like that. And I was like having a hard time to find songs on YouTube that will have also the lyrics because what she was doing was taking whatever artist, uh, any kid that was, uh, she was uh, mainly um, doing like singing classes with children. And I convinced her to take me on board. <laughs> and what she was doing, it was kind of like teaching these kids to kind of like go close to the, 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 the artist, like reproducing that thing. And at some point I was like, lady, I cannot, I cannot do this. Like, I want to sing me. I want to do me. I want to use my voice as an instrument. I don't want to be on a stage. I just want to be able to hold clean, clear notes as much as possible so I can offer a good experience when I'm singing, when I'm toning, whatever I'm doing. And I had to quit. And my friend from UK, I, I sometimes I share her on my story. She she's like um, um, singing jazz and this like very soft music and she was here last october she was like georgie like you don't you have like a natural voice that is in within a specific range and there's where you shine like you should not m modify your voice and like making making your voice in a different way so it fits the song it's like you just like there are so many songs or there are like so many tunes and there are so many tones that you can tone within whatever that the range is that makes it like sound good like you don't have to like be all over the place or be somewhere some somebody you're not and that gave me like a lot of a lot of confidence and a lot of trust like being somebody experienced that is doing singing for a long long time and she was like I ruined my voice for a while because people were saying like 
you you have to sing this and you have to hit this note and stuff like that and she was like i don't want to do that i want to have like a silky voice and i want to infuse people with like softness and relaxation i'm not interested in pop culture bullshit so that really gave me the sense of like oh wow i can find whatever my voice is able to express naturally in the space that becomes like a healing agent so yeah that was a big shift but i have to tone i'm not toning enough that's for sure <laughs> other thing is that uh, the more you practice, the more you do it, the more your voice is going to develop and the more things you're going to be able to do. Mm. So you don't need to go through a normal like schedule of what normal singers do, but you just have to train your voice and you will see that new things will pop up as you, as you do it and new techniques. Yeah, and I have an idea, Laura. You can give me some singing lessons. <laughs> Okay. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I really have to find somebody that can like really teach me how to, to sing and like understands what I, I'm like trying to do. And like, boom, I've got Derek, I've got like Siobhan, I've got Laura. <laughs> I sometimes complain to Elena that we're practicing not enough and she's not practicing enough. And then we had this this little concert a couple of weeks ago and i was kind of a little bit frustrated i said like helena come on we have to we have to practice because we need to be aligned and we need to just like be spot on because i have this professional background i just want to be i just want to deliver but she she became a great teacher to me because she's not practicing too much at all we just did it like one or two times and she just delivered Right? Magic. So. That's what you are always saying, right? How is it in English? Um, someone who connects. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we have the saying in the rock and roll business. Um, uh, it's a little bit hard to... If, to, you, if to, you have to practice, there's no talent. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, if you have to practice, you got no talent, right? Yeah, that kind of thing. And I don't know, but this is like, yeah. And I have to like judge my, myself a little bit, like but we were on point. We were totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because the energy, I forgot about this this energy vortex coming in and just like supporting us and everything. So everything just like slipped out the way it's supposed to be. So and it was magical. So so I had to just like let my head go in that way and just like my my super professional hearing and braining and whatever just like to just yeah let it go and just like be melted away by her wonderful voice so that's that's all i can say so so but but i must share a little story about helena um when when we haven't been together and i've been meeting up at her mom's place and where this is where we met somehow and then uh, you know, I'm the producer, blah, blah, blah. And then her mom came, yeah, my daughter's singing as well. I said, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone is singing. Yeah, yeah, I know you, you have a talented daughter. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I heard her singing and it just like pierced me through. It just like, oh, yeah. So it just like, I've been kicked off my throne. Every mom says they have a talent. Yeah, yeah, every mom. <laughs> but yeah 
okay, there was something more involved, right? But yeah, I, I have to. And so, yeah, I, I cannot blame the, the person I've been telling about you, the guy yesterday. I was doing the same kind of, you know, but I'm healed from that. So that's good. <laughs> that makes me think that maybe I should get more into singing to find a boyfriend. Thank you, Dirk. <laughs> You're welcome. Musical voice. Maybe that's what that maybe that's what my you know my higher self is waiting for. I say higher because you know we don't we don't like talk about higher, but anyway, maybe that's what my soul is waiting for. You know, for the moment when I'm actually gonna sing, and then the guys gonna be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, I mean, this that's what I'm like... waiting for for sure. I'm waiting for that, like somebody with a good voice, because. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna work out any other way. <laughs> really? I don't mind yeah. this thing. Yeah, I've got two, two criteria. Good voice and good hands. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, now this is gonna be broadcasted to the world, so maybe he'll be listening. <laughs> maybe, yeah, he'll come in. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Can you hear my calling? <laughs> so man can apply here now. <laughs> You gotta sing, Georgie. Yeah, but, so live. Yeah, but music, all over the world. <laughs> music and sound is just like an elevator, and it's a and it's a magnet, right? And so this is how we kind of like met and just like found us uh, because of music and and a little dog. That's <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that was the other part, who just like who saw it way way before we did but anyway so yeah music can be really uh um and an, a tool for really everything to just open up worlds and just like uh territorial way where you haven't been before and just like attracting and drawing in things that are really uh magical so yeah and i can also add something to what georgie was saying earlier um that it's not only about singing along to songs that are already there. Um, and something I can also recommend is to, um, yeah, not just sing to songs that you already know. Um, for example, when we started doing music, um, Dirk has all these songs that he wrote um, over the last years he has on his tablet. And I was just singing along to them, or I was trying to sing to them, although I didn't even know the song. And I really like that way of approaching it, because usually I always just sing to songs that I already know the melody to. Mm -hmm. um, but this way I only had the lyrics, um, and I can just sing it the way I would imagine the song to go with the lyrics. And it was so different than the song actually sounded mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that way I can also like experience and practice my my voice in different ways that I already know yeah that's so interesting you say that because Dirk actually sent me um some lyrics was it yesterday or today yesterday and it was just the lyrics and I felt like just singing them I don't know mm -hmm. I know you put musical notes on there but something within me was like, why don't I just like riff something and send it to him, you know, and yes. see, Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. see how it's imagined in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the song is ready. It's, it's kind of already done, but whatever you hear in your mind or in your, uh, yeah, can be magic. I mean, can be great. So, 
that would be really interesting because like you hear from what you read right so it's just like translated within yourself right uh, great great <laughs> we can use your songs to yeah practice. <laughs> yeah you can just like yeah decompose it and compose it together and just like it's just like great yeah that's what I really love about jamming, though, when there's no um, set sort of way where you just show up with some instruments and you get into a vibe and you just start riffing with the voices and all this sound comes out. And you it is it can be really freaking spiritual at times because you feel the energy in the room. And I just love those moments for me, like that's some of the most most profound part is like looking around the room and feeling that energy and seeing people that don't ordinarily open up or sing and they're just getting so into it because everybody is in that vibe and it's just magical it's really magical um yeah we should definitely make the music together all of us <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking how can we uh, create the our eternal eternal life um version of for example like the kirtans they're like kirtana is like super like elevating in so many ways and it just gives me this like hype but um now i'm kind of i'm not exposing myself to to certain certain tones or mantras and stuff like that um because of like different different aspects that are not necessarily aligned now and I was thinking like, oh gosh, I really miss that. And I would love to create something with the toning that we can bring on and, and layer them in such a way to give us this the same or even a more elevated state. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, when I've been reading first the psalms mm -hmm. and I've been he hearing some of the songs that she she did i mean like she, i don't know who did the chords for some of the songs because they're very simple right and very i don't know but when i read the words i'm not really sure about the whole pronunciation mm -hmm. but i can like like you said uh, uh siobhan it's like when when you read the lyrics you got something, some kind of inspiration. And when I read some of the psalms, I get like a whole symphony popping up in my head. And I listened to some versions on YouTube, but there was that was not even close to a kind of spiritual awakening, whatever, just like to a mind blowing frequency coming out of it. And yeah and i was thinking about maybe to go dive a little bit more deeper into the songs uh, maybe with viviana and so on because she's she's living here that we can maybe do something with that and do it more frequency based so what frequency comes through and just like to translate it into into music and there's so many possibilities and maybe it's time to create something beyond mantra you use the psalms and make something with it that's that is really coming close to the um vibrational frequency that the words deliver mm -hmm. that should be possible 
we can um we can try i mean like we don't have to try we can actually put in practice this by using the the tones that um laura and jay already refined because some of those tones um and they, they can explain more the way they're key to different uh tones from greek and hebrew and stuff like that um, but they also refined and they cleared whatever was not aligned from the songs or just uh, they combine different like C tonals and they can explain it more. So we have like an entire page of like different tonals that we can use. And I was playing with them I was like, oh, my gosh, like how does this sound like? And it was so interesting. The first time I did it, it sound kind of like Chinese, Japanese type of sort of like uh, like tone i was like i'm not sure if this is like you know eternal stuff and, and i was like no fuck it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep toning and it sounded like really interesting but like definitely completely different than what i heard about like in in the songs that we know already i was like whoa like, this is like just so so different so anyways yeah jay and laura can um can share more about the tonals and how can we play with them and which ones are a green light. Also, a good thing for the voice is to use massage like gua sha and also the uh, human garage, the thyroid, and like the, the the other ones they have with the twisting, the face twists and the throat twists are really good to open like to relax the muscles and also the fascia like so many people are really tense here at the back and also i used to have like almost my entire throat was like fully clenched i couldn't open my mouth to say like ah like a clear ah or like oh it was just like so um yeah tense so i had to kind of like start massaging myself and like do the facial movement so i can actually have access to yeah that's really cool that we're actually doing these um in the morning for those of you listening what we do is we get together and we do um especially in the evening right the fascia ones but um but i had been looking into that like two or three years ago and it came to my attention of how important the fascia was it's like or fascia how do you pronounce it fascia or fascia fascia but like it's english fascia. english is asleep anyways right okay well but i was reading this book right about like how it's even more important than the muscles like in terms of how it holds our body all the, the information it holds everything and like how it's tensions and it can create uh, imbalances and everything and and people don't pay attention to it normally and I was like oh wow, that's interesting but at that time I had no idea about human garage for those of you listening check that out it's really cool they have a lot of uh, free videos on how to you know move around like your fascia or release do fascia releasing or maneuvers they're called and uh and, and yeah it does do something like it and apparently the more you do it the more you will feel the effects of it and i've definitely been feeling it a little bit more than when i just started doing them it's like things just pop or like if you breathe and then you feel something open up and uh and i was like wow i mean it's like we have all these little blockages here and there that we're not even really aware of that could actually open up to other things that um, and I feel like these things come to us like when we need them. Right? Like two years ago, I wasn't really looking into that. And then Georgie or I don't know who, who was it in the group that started the with the human garage stuff. But I was like, oh, Viviana wow, was the one that showed it to me. And then, who? yeah, Viviana. Ah. 
she started it all started with Viviana okay yeah and then I, I started I'm like wow it came back like after all these years and I still have that book that I was reading it's right here it's called natural born heroes in, in English and uh and I'm like wow finally I'm getting to work on this and I knew how important it was I just didn't have the tools to actually like know how to like move it around or whatever so yeah, but anyways. The other cool thing as well is like when we come into a physical space with each other, like Michelle, you and I, and in our experience in Corfu, there was a lot of communication stuff that was coming through the throat, if you remember, and we were really feeling energetically those clearings. Yeah. And so doing a lot of the mother, father, like trauma, generational stuff, and we could feel that so even the presence of other people that can activate the cleansing of of these blockages too and that was super powerful for us yeah for sure and yeah it's funny how everything was just like at the same time because at the same time I started doing the fascist stuff then all this stuff started happening and it's like almost preparing the body you know for all this stuff that comes (laughs) Yeah. yeah so true yeah no, thank you guys for honestly for all of your input and the wisdom and just everything like you guys are amazing and we're we have so many awesome things that we can do not only now but in the future and it will just expand and get bigger and bigger so before we close out though there was a question that came in from one of our listeners that I'm going to read out but this is for Jay uh, specifically so Without, before reading the question, if you can like uh, throw in a little bit of like the tonals and the tone refinement and what can we use to, to begin with, that would be like amazing. <laughs> well, when I have this space to again, um, I can share more about like playing around with seed tonals and melody and bass resonant overtone with these when i did have the space years ago i was well i was studying all over like all types of tribes tonals trying to find connections um with sanskrit and well it's with anything really what's happened with seed tonals is the actual meanings has been completely inverted like if you look up like modern day Sanskrit, for example, the meanings will be so watered down and sometimes literally the complete opposite of what the, the Rishi uh, mantra seed tonal meanings are. And they're so much more in depth when you, when you, it's hard to find the, the actual meaning of the mantra ones because it's all over the place now in a new age and it's like, everybody's making websites and like this means this this means that but and a lot of information well not a lot but certain core information about certain what certain sound tonals mean with ks and i was using stuff and i was just i was kind of just studying all over but i would pick i try and formulate uh what each one meant in depth and then i and then well we still do it now but I don't have the space to really play around with it like I was um but and then make your own sequence out of it 
um, with the meaning and like, and, and you formulate the intention through, like, it doesn't have to be your intention and what you're intending to do with it doesn't have to like literally line up with the meaning, but it's like within it. And like, you can, it, it's like, <clears throat> you can break things down from it and then formulate an intention and hold that as you're toning a certain sequence that you piece together with C tonals. And, and the thing, this is where it gets interesting. So like what Dirk was talking about in the bathroom with water, um, I would also do that. Um, not in a bath, I'd sit in the shower for a long time and there was like glass and stone tile. So it was reverberating and I would mostly do deep toning. Um, and I was also training myself on like Tibetan throat singing style and trying to get that really deep reverberating toning with them. And if you, <clears throat> there's a space that you can find when you're doing the deep toning, if you prolong it, where if you, you start to observe the breath and, and you try to not breathe as much, but you keep the toning going and you don't have any pauses within it, it kind of just like overlaps into itself and you'll start picking up on like these, like these different like bass tonals within the toning. Like you'll hear like different uh, like levels of it. And it's like, there's like pathways in it. And it's, it's really interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, and I also realized that with playing the didgeridoo also, but um, I was doing all types of stuff. So I refined the elder Futhark runic tonals and I added more C tonals into each um, tonal sequences. And I would make melodies out of that. Um, and I'd sing the whole sequence through in certain melodies and um, even the main tonals that I have for the Akasha, um, I created a few songs out of singing that. And like I taught them to Laura and we would sing it. And yeah, um, <clears throat> with, with that, with the C tonals, it gets really powerful because there's, you could have one sequence and you could tone it deep and open up certain pathways, then you could sing it and open up a different sequence of pathways and you can change the melody around. And it could be the same tonals, but it's like you're accessing like different, like energetic pathways as you, like there's so many ways to play around with it and it gets really interesting. But yeah, the main thing is all of our languages, all of the C tonals, they've all been brought into um, these idols. Like all of the mythoses, gods, they all use these C, these core C tonals of of sound. And but it's their intention that they're casting with it. So it's like it's not like we need to be scared. We just need to find the core meaning of things and then refine it and resequence it with our own intentions. Thank you, Jay. This is a long question, so I'm going to read it out. Um, hey there. I listened to the podcast three weeks ago and I forgot to write what I thought of it. 
It was very helpful and now I have a more clear understanding about higher planes of existence. My only doubt is that it was mentioned that now in this time matrix, there's, it's opened up a sixth harmonic universe. I'm curious what chemical matter com composition is it made of? Because after harmonic four, matter composition in those planes is hydroplasmic liquid. After that come the light fields in harmonic universe five. So very curious about the composition of harmonic universe six. Another doubt that I have in, in the podcast were the sound fields weren't mentioned. And I was hoping to get more information about the triadic po polaric planes. Would love to know more about the composition of those higher planes beyond the sound fields. Other than that, I really resonate with the perspective. Didn't know about the mechanical details that were presented in that episode. Thank you very much. So thank you for that uh, feedback and the question. And I'll just hand it over to Jay. Well, I, I don't know what I said exactly, but um, when I was describing from my own unfoldments and understanding of it, I think it gets way more complex. I think that. I mean, it depends what like realms are being like intermeshed um, with the different dimensional scaling, because there's a lot more going on than just like D1, 2, 3, 4, 5. There's like all this realmic experience that's existing on different um, levels whether that's internal or still even external i think there's just way more going on even than what's been explained in ks um so like the plasmic liquid light like i think that's i think that was given like a a weird there could be truth in it, i'm not saying that but i think it was given like a weird pedestal i think liquid light and like plasma is it's even at this level like down here and like astral and all that um but what i was saying about harmonic universe six um that would be in ks what she says is the primal sound fields um what what i was just saying though is that um she stopped dimensional scaling at 15 and i was just introducing an unfoldment of seeing that going up to 24 actually but um i think when you get to that level and i don't have a full understanding of it it's just my own unfoldments um the sound fields like once you get out of that uh time matrix sphere um there'd still be like dimensional scaling but it gets more into like a median realmic like blending so it's like it it's not fully like external only projected anymore it's more getting into like a median realmic internal like blend state um there's still a lot more that would need to be unfolded but color spectrum wise in there because yeah it's sound fields but there'd still be uh, a light expression in those realms um it was mentioned that's like a level at the heliotalic, like the luminous pastel liquid, like etheric type. Um, 
I mean, the spectrums, though, this is what I'm saying. It gets like complex because <clears throat> what we see as the spectrum down at this level, obviously, there's way more going on. And for example, um, on certain entheogenic journeys or something where you're definitely not making it up to those levels of creation or even all the way into internal. But when you go into these hyperspatial like realms, the colors are so much more vivid. You even see colors that you don't see here. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. There's so much more going on. And like, even in like the color spectrum and everything. And like, I don't know if I, on my own journeys that I had, if I saw pastels, but I would see this like, uh, it is like liquid light. and but it's like super luminal, like hyper vivid, like color spectrum. And it's um, so, so yeah, I, I can't really answer that question of like, as far as like path working and like techniques and such, I, it would shift. Like sometimes I'd visualize uh, through the diagonals of my fields, like bringing through from, that level uh aqua gold and silver like tri-wave flame spectrum sometimes i do like heliotallic like rainbow ones like it, it just depends it was like whatever was like coming through so it's like yeah i hope that was clear it's uh it, it's kind of like a personal unfoldment to really find what you resonate with but at the same time there will be those like absolute things of it i just haven't drawn enough of my own unfoldment of it to like answer it fully clearly um but yeah what i was sharing on that um in the podcast was just some of my own unfoldments and how i saw things and worked with them um so there's HU5, Harmonic Universe 5, and I was introducing the idea of Harmonic Universe 6, 7, 8, and 9, and scaling these dimensions up to 24, instead of like stopping it at 15 and then saying, there's no more dimensions after that, it goes into median and internal. Um, I mean, it could even go higher. I don't. I don't know. I mean, even our understanding of dimensions needs to be unfolded. Even like the fourth dimension needs to be unfolded more. Like what exact? It's not just time. It's not like there's like when, for example, like you get into talking about dreams and such. There's so many realmic experiences in dream time, which gets into the astral. The astral is like extremely vast. And like you can have your own self-created realmic experience you could join a collective one and it completely shifts the dynamics of dreams it's like the astral alone like you look at the physical universe and that's vast and it's like the astral level is just as vast and it's like that's all the way up so it's like when we look at graphs like how it's presented and KS, um, for example, um, and seeing like the block graphs and like this bars, the first dimension, it's like it kind of distorts our uh, perspective of all this in a way. Um, 
not distort. It, it can give you a good idea of things and kind of format it in a certain way. But um, yeah, it's it's overly simplified, and I mean, even in the geometry, it's it's not just like the Cathara, for example, isn't just a a two D geomancy. Uh, it just reminded me though that Ashel and I watched Ant Man uh, recently. And that was focusing the quantum realm. That was... I, I fell asleep, though. I don't remember anything. <laughs> well, yeah, my dad and Michelle decided to fall asleep and they left me with this film. And it is just absolutely bonkers in every freaking way. And it was at the point where I'm like, I kind of want to turn this off, but I don't because I want to see all this craziness. And it just reminded me what Jay's saying about the astral there. It's like anything is so massive and everything can exist. And it's just like a, yeah, well, we're still working on that, people. We're still figuring stuff out. So more expansion and unfoldment on, on our journeys and, and the information that we're sharing. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank all the guys here today for coming along and being part of this recording. And... Thank you to everyone who's listening and who, who will listen. And if you resonate with some of the information that's shared, of course, we love your feedback. We love your questions. So do send those in and share if you feel inspired to share. And much love to everyone here. And thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. everyone. Thank you. Much love. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.